0: Heavenly Father, as we open up your word, speak to us. Speak to our hearts and our minds. Speak into the situations in our lives. Give us the hope that is in Jesus. It's in his name that we ask it. Amen. Please be seated. Newness of life. That was the reading from Romans. That is what today is about. As much as we have received forgiveness of sin, we have eternity. It wasn't only those things, as amazing and wonderful as those things are. It was about a new life, right here, right now, a new way of living, a new way of seeing the world. A new kind of life. I don't know if you've been there before. It may be one of the few museums that you can bring a child to, heck, that you can bring an adult to, and they would actually enjoy it. The Perot. It is hands-on. There's all of these great things. You can race a T-Rex, and it growls at you beforehand. You can go on a simulator of an earthquake. Upstairs, there's this thing where you get to fly like a bird and you stand here and you watch the screen. And as you do this, you control the bird and you watch this bird kind of move and you can go down and you can duck. And, and my three-year-old did this and that poor bird had a headache afterwards (laughs) because he was just doing this, this poor bird's going like this. And, but it's just cool stuff at this museum. Now, one thing they changed was this bird used to be 3d. And so you put on your 3D glasses, and you could watch it. And it was really kind of cool, because it's like you're flying through this stuff. Well, now it's 2D, which is great for one group of people. It's all of those standing around watching them. Because you know what it's like to look at one of those 3D screens when you don't have the glasses on? Everything is like off. And, and it, it's, it, even after a while, I'm looking at it, and the natural reaction is to, oh, I just I kind of got to look away, because it's, it's blurry, like I need glasses or something. There's something wrong with that picture. I can't see it in the right way. And the natural reaction is to turn away. This morning, as much as Easter is the greatest celebration of the Christian faith, it starts with a picture that is messed up. And it starts with people having a very natural reaction to that messed up picture. Open your Bible to Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 1. This is not like our Easter. I mean, we are here with white. We are celebrating. All the women are in flowered dresses. I mean, it's, that's not what they're experiencing on Easter morning. Their picture is messed up. But their reaction? Very normal. Chapter 28 and verse one. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. They're going to a tomb. These two women. Um, he, he dies on a Friday, and, and they, they bring him down and they, they hurriedly get the, the spices and everything, and bomb the body do, wrap, it, do everything they can to it, and they, and they get him in the tomb but the women wanted to go see him. I mean, What do you wanna do when somebody that you loved dies? Especially if you didn't have time to fully pay your respects to them, that's where they're going. These women are doing what any of us would want to do because Jesus, yes, he was their hope, their absolute hope, but he was also their friend and they loved him and they are going to see him. And so as soon as it is lights, Outside, as the dawn is coming, they take off going toward the tomb. Verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, and we get an explanation for it. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. So here are these grieving women. Dawn comes, they make their way toward the tomb to pay their respects, to mourn, to grieve their friend that they've lost. And on their way, an angel comes out of heaven and like hits the earth and there's an earthquake, they're shaking. And then there's this giant stone, you can still see these tombs, these discs that would be rolled in front of a hole in a mountain, there was a tomb. And this angel just rolls this thing away and then kicks back on top of it, hanging out, legs crossed, lightning going through him. And then you get the guards. Verse 4, And for the fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. These are Roman soldiers. These men are trained for combat and war. But when they see this angel, again, much like the women, They have a very natural reaction. They're paralyzed. I mean, if you saw this dude sitting on the stone, you would be too. It's exactly what you would expect. Grieving women going to a tomb, guards that are trained soldiers seeing an angel going, oh, they can't do anything. All natural reactions until the angel starts to speak. The angel wants the women to have a different response. The angel wants the women not to have the natural response, what we would expect, what none of us would ever blame any of them for. He wants a different response. Look at verse five. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. And there's something that is missing in here, because it would be weird in English, is that in Greek, there's an emphasis on the you. There's an extra "u" in there that is not needed. What he says is basically, and actually there's even something else that's missing. That word said is the word responded. The reason it's said is because the women haven't said anything yet, but the angel is responding most likely to what the women are doing is they look at these men and they look at the angel. They are getting ready to have the same response. They come on this scene. They are going to do what these men are. Oh. And the angel says, but you, you women, don't be afraid. Don't have the response that you should have. Don't be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Here's the second part that is not natural. This is not natural. He is not here for he has risen. As he had said, come see the place where he lay. I want you to not be afraid of an angelic being that just caused an earthquake, rolled away a stone and looks like lightning. And I want you to believe that a dead man that you saw die is not dead anymore. That is not natural. I mean, if any of you went to visit somebody at a tomb and they weren't there anymore, would you be a little freaked out? Natural response, I'm at the wrong tomb. The body's been taken, something, but not it came back alive. How many people do you know that have died and come back to life? That's not normal. He wants them to have not a normal, natural response, but a supernatural one. He wants them to look at some circumstances where most of us would probably have the same reaction as the guards and the women, and he says, I want you to have a different, a supernatural response to this. So I finally saw something. I'm pretty sure that I was the last person in Frisco to see this. I finally saw Frozen. <laughs> I mean, we, we had like for a month in a row, every Friday, people were coming to our house. They had all seen it. All the kids would sing it. They, were, they would sing it. They would do the dancing with it. My daughter this morning, I said, how does Let It Go go? Because that song, Let It Go, that's a really catchy song. It's, it's too catchy, because I saw it one time and woke up for like four days in a row with that song in my head, let it go, let it go. And I, I had to ask my daughter this morning, how do you sing this? And she starts singing the entire song. That movie is so popular. But the song that I like the best is Olaf's song in summer, I love that song. I'm not going to sing it for you. Just going to read some of the lyrics. I mean, it is just a great song. And just in case you're the one person in the room that hasn't seen this show, two, three, three people. Oh, my goodness. What's wrong with you people? Go watch Frozen. That's my message this morning. Jesus, Rose, go watch Frozen. Um, Olaf is a snowman. And this is the song that Olaf is singing. I'm just going to read you the lyrics. Um, but sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it would be like when summer does come. Bees will buzz, kids will blow dandelion fuzz, and I'll be doing whatever snow does in summer. A drink in my hand, my snow up against the burning sand, probably getting gorgeously tanned (laughs) in summer. I'll finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm, And find out what happens to solid water when it gets warm. And I can't wait to see what my buddies will all think of me. Just imagine how cooler I'll be in summer. And the last verse, winter's a good time to stay in and cuddle, but put me in summer and I'll be a happy snowman. (laughs) When life gets rough, I like to hold on to my dream of relaxing in the summer sun. Just letting off steam. <laughs> because that's what happens when you put a snowman in the sun. It melts. I mean, we've all seen it here, because it seems like every year now we get at least a couple days in Dallas where we get some snow, and our kids go out there and they try and make a snowman. It's like this big because it won't clump. And then they watch it melt because that's the natural thing. Snowmen melt in the sun. Dead men stay dead. People are afraid of angels who look like lightning and cause earthquakes. And he is saying to these women, I want you to have a supernatural view. I want you to believe that dead men could rise. Like this one in particular, I want you to not be afraid. I want you to believe that Olaf could get a tan. It's totally unnatural. Now, why? Why would they want this? I mean, think about it. We all have experienced the natural reactions to things, right? We all recognize where they might be feeling and how the guards might be feeling. Why would we make this shift? I give you two reasons out of the text. Number one, because the natural response to things more often than not leads to paralysis and emptiness. Let me show you what they... Just look back at your text for a moment. When the guards see the angel, they have fear. What do you do when you are afraid? I would be shocked if at least half of us Get paralyzed that our fear keeps us much like them from moving forward or when you struggle with certain things and, then, and I'll give you a couple examples in a moment you find at the end what these women found they are grieving and mourning and they come to the tomb and they look inside and it is empty that is the, what happens many times when we have a natural response to things right students when you are at school and somebody is being mean to you. Adults, when you are at work, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're in a family and somebody is being mean to you, tell me if these aren't natural responses. Anger, striking back, perhaps feeling like you're a little trapped because they're bigger or stronger or they have a different position than you in the job market, whatever it is, and you can't do anything. You are either paralyzed Or how often, honestly, anger might feel good for a moment, but what did it solve? When you got to the end of it, how much did that actually do? Or were you left still feeling empty? Or think of it this way. Again, students, when you feel left out, when you're at school and you don't get chosen, or when you're the kid who didn't do as well as other kids in the class, adults, We all feel left out sometimes when you aren't invited to something. When you don't feel like you've achieved all you want in your life and you feel less than or you feel like I'm not good enough or smart enough or something to reach what others have done. What's our natural reaction to those things? Depression sometimes. Again, anger. Maybe taking out on somebody else so you can shift the tension. Gossiping about them so you might look better. Again, none of those things do anything positive. It leaves us empty, paralyzed. One reason to believe in the supernatural is practical. Because the natural doesn't often do much for us. But there's a second reason. Look at what the angel says to them. And this is absolutely central. Look at verse 6. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Have you ever had somebody say to you, I told you so? If you're a married man, I know you have. (laughs) And they were probably right. This right here is the greatest cosmic, profound, I told you so in all of the universe. This is Jesus. I told you so. Recently, some friends told me a little story. Um, She was outside, and she was watering in the backyard. And while she was watering, she walked up, and she leaned into one of the drain spouts. And when she touched it, she was electrocuted. I mean, to the point that it almost knocked her off her feet. This wasn't like a little, ow, Um, This was a, like, she almost got knocked down when she touched this thing. So she went in and she got her husband. She said, you've got to come out here and look at this. Because, I mean, this is serious. We've got to fix this. And he did what most men do. (laughs) It's my wife. I mean, come on. She doesn't know what she's talking about. It can't be that. Whoa! (laughs) And he touched that thing and almost got knocked down. And guess what was in her eyes when he looked at her I told you so. This is the cosmic Jesus. I told you so. You want to know the second reason that we should look at the world through the supernatural because of his word. I mean, think about some of the things he's told us. He wants us to rejoice in suffering. That is not natural. He wants us to store up riches in heaven, not on earth. That is not natural. He wants us to forgive people who don't deserve to be forgiven. That's not natural. He wants us to turn the other cheek. He wants us to love people who are our enemies. These are not natural things. Jesus is saying, I want you to look at life and have supernatural responses to the world. And if you do... Something is going to happen in your life. Look what happened to these women. Look down at verse 7. The angel tells him to come look. Then he says, go quickly. Tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Here's what the angel just did. I have given you my message. I'm done. It is up to you now. What will you do with this? Now, think about these poor women. It's one thing to see an empty tomb, it would be so much more to actually see Jesus. If they saw Jesus walking around, I could see them going, Okay, well, he is definitely alive. I'm gonna go tell all these guys. But they don't see Jesus. They have to make a faith choice right now that that empty tomb means not that the body was stolen. Not that they're at the wrong place, but that he's risen. They have to make that choice. And in that choice, then they have to go and run and tell a bunch of grieving men who don't respect the opinion of women anyway. Very different than today. Maybe. (laughs) Go tell these grieving men that the man that they loved, they thought was the hope that they lost, is actually alive. And look what they do. Verse 8. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. They've embraced it. They've said, we're going to do it. He's risen. I mean, they are going. They are running. They are telling him. They have great joy over this moment because they have believed. But then after they believe, look what happens. Verse 9, and behold, Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. After they took a supernatural, ludicrous, honestly, it's ridiculous. Christianity is ridiculous. And they believed it. And then in that faith step, they saw Jesus. That is what he's asking for. And you know what? If you are waiting to rejoice in your sufferings until it feels right, you're probably never going to rejoice in your sufferings. If you are waiting to treat that person who's treating you poorly, and you're going to love them and bless them and not retaliate, not get angry, not gossip about them, if you're waiting for this, okay, now I feel like doing all those things, you're probably never going to do them. Because it's a supernatural, ridiculous, ludicrous response that says, I'm gonna act in a way that's not natural. I'm gonna love a person that doesn't deserve to be loved. I'm gonna forgive when they don't deserve to be forgiven. I'm gonna do things that look ridiculous. And when we step out, That's when they saw Jesus. 3D glasses. When you would stand at the Perot and you would watch like your kid or somebody doing this bird thing, everybody else standing around doesn't have the glasses on. And and they're looking at this screen, and it just looks off, except for the one person who is wearing these funky glasses. The one person that looks pretty ridiculous wearing these glasses. But they're also the only person that is actually seeing the screen the way it is. They're the only person that is really seeing what is there. Because we don't live in a dimensional world that is natural only. There is a spiritual dimension to our world. And he's asking them to have responses that recognize that spiritual dimension, that recognize Christ has actually risen from the dead. And it has changed everything because of that. That the power that raised him is the power that wants to work in us. And that we can see the world the way it really is. When we see through Christ, but as ridiculous as, and I was actually hoping I could get like the red and the blue ones because those really look dumb. As ridiculous as it looks to wear these glasses, you may look and more importantly feel just as ridiculous living a supernatural life until you recognize you see the world as it really is. Because he has been raised and we have his resurrection life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your love, that you did not give up on us, that in our sin, in our doubting, no matter where we are even right now, whatever we struggle with when it comes to faith, that your love is still there and that you showed it through your son. Lord, help all of us who call him our savior, our Lord, our friend, to embrace the life that he has for us, to believe the I told you so over all of the natural responses we might have. Lord, recognizing that it looks crazy, and yet we're not always seeing the full picture. Fill us with your resurrection life, Lord Jesus. Fill us with your spirit, and help us to love and forgive and to be like you to others. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.